Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? Podcast. I'm your host, GB. Today's guest is the headline grabber. Longest streak of five-star reviews in wrestling history. Kenny Omega, eat your heart out. Please give it up for today's guest, Murdoch. How are you doing today, mate? You are good? Thank you, GB. Thank you. I would say it's a privilege to be here. The ghost who lives in my flat with me has opened the door in the room behind me. Keen to get involved. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, before we let Murdoch Mania run wild on this podcast, um, I basically want to begin this episode by finding out how you became a fan of wrestling in the first place. Great question, and my favourite one to answer. Every kid at some point wanted to be a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure every kid at some point wanted to be a superhero. I realised I decided the only thing better than being a superhero is probably punching Spider-Man in the face. And what better better arena to do that than professional wrestling? So whether that was as a kid growing up watching TLC matches between Hardy's Edge and Christian Dudley Boys, and a bit of a renaissance probably seven or eight years ago with the kind of glory years of NXT and Samoa Joe and DIY and Revival and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, yeah, I'm a product of two eras, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. I can imagine you being the type of person that just goes out his way to tell kids that Santa is not real. I'm going to assume that. He's not. He's not. I'm not a liar. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to a child. You've probably pissed off an, an audience out there right now. I mean, grown men who still believe in that. So I'm sorry, people, for that. Um, if, if, if they are out there and I have offended you, um, a grown adult who... Uh, I've just, if I've just ruined Christmas for you and you're over the age of eight, your issues are slightly deeper than mine. <laughs> Fair, Fair enough, mate. Uh, who were some of your favourite growing up in terms of like, you know, wrestlers that you kind of found yourself, you know, copying, wanting to be? I, I can't imagine you wanted to be someone else, but I can imagine you sort of enjoyed them more than others, if that makes sense. Uh, you got to look a long way beyond Stone Cold and The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like. For someone of, of, of my age, man, despite the fresh face and um, incredibly impeccable hairline, man in his early 30s, um, yeah, that era of the TLC, the prime tag teams in the late 90s into the the Rock and Austin, Rock and Austin run, um, absolutely there. But having fallen away from wrestling so long, I look as much to those guys from that run in NXT as anything else as a, a more recent reference point and it was a great jumping off point to find more and more independent wrestling here in the UK, getting to stuff from Japan, really broaden it all out. So yeah, product of the late 90s in one respect. But yeah, I, I would say I've been yeah, as much fandom for those guys who have um, still the biggest names in the business now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I expect that. I mean, that is kind of a popular answer. I mean, myself, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. But to actually still kind of be, you know, and, you know, find yourself wanting to watch like modern wrestlers and think, oh wow, that really good. And they are on the same level as Austin and Rock, but just different eras. So, yeah, no, I get that. Does it, it doesn't doesn't matter what era, right? You mm. you fall in love with stuff that makes you feel. Yeah. Like you, your your favorite movie can be something black and white from the twenties. You could watch Charlie Chaplin and, and have your mind blown. You could watch Dick Van Dyke, or you could watch um, I don't know Marvel movies, right? Mm-hmm. The irrespective of the era, it's something that hooks you in and makes you feel. You can't lose that. 
take me a long time, but I kind of, I really enjoy Charlie Chaplin now. I mean, like, I'm in my 30s now, but didn't really give it a chance when I was a kid. You know, I just, I went to see the colours and black and white. Nah, very dismissive. Now I really like your stuff, and I don't know why I'm telling you that, but there you go. Um, for questions from the UK, and I get people telling me they're also into other sports when they're growing up. Were you into any other sports? Oh, football, rugby, cricket, or anything like that? Uh, for my sins, as everyone will say, if you're a lowly football fan, I'm a Notts County fan in my spare time. So, I'll, uh, yeah, my part of my family are from, from the Nottingham area from um, back in the day. So I've grown up supporting kind of the lesser football team in that city, some might say, but proper family club. And, um, yeah, some of the best the best sporting memories you have are, are those ones either as kids or go away and do. And um, but GB, you know, me, you know me well enough to know that I'll enjoy embarrassing someone in their home ground. Yes, and um, watching my team go to Barnet at the start of last season and beat them 5-0 away on the first game of the season ticks quite a lot of boxes for me. Man, I never thought I'd ever hear Notts County get mentioned on this podcast. That's, that's pretty cool. I've got time for that. But while you're on football, I need to make special mention to, to someone I absolutely despise but can't seem to shake. Liam Stevens, if you, if you watch these or listen to these, I see you at all the shows and I see you at home tweeting about Dagenham and Redbridge. In the bin, it's not happening. You're not even going to make the playoffs this season. Enjoy, enjoy another season with Scunthorpe and everybody else in non-league. I've been to their grounds. It's a bit shy. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, Liam. I don't actually know you, but please subscribe if you can. Ever been to, <laughs> if you ever been to Dagenham? I have. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I, I mean, I'm from Essex itself, right? Southend, Southend's bad enough, but Dagenham. I'm so sorry to the people of Dagenham, by the way, if you are listening to this, but. Jesus Christ, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not. Fair enough, man. But not scary. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, as an Arsenal fan, you know, up and down. But so I'm looking forward to the season. So, fingers crossed. We've got some silence. Top four. I reckon top three. Yeah. To honest, I'm going to watch. And I'll, and I'll watch you for the next nine months get gradually angrier and angrier. Oh, mate, oh, oh, mate, honestly, I'm just like, just a big diva on Twitter, honestly. There's some of the shit we just have to go through, but you kind of get used to it as an Arsenal fan, but just don't associate us with AFTV. Please, please. I hate that, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's cool. So, what actually inspired you to become a professional wrestler? Was there a sort of a moment when you was watching, like, a show, or did you kind of know from an early age that you want to do this as a living? There's two, I reckon, two moments. Yeah. Two moments. Um, the bit that pushed me over the edge was watching um, Progress's first show at Alexandra Palace. Mm-hmm. First time they went up to Ali Pali for a big show. I walked out of that thing, having been my mind blown at some of the best wrestlers at that point in the UK and now in the world. I'm almost on a doorstep. I can look out the window and see the top of Ali Pali from where I'm at the moment. Um, and at that point, there was a point where that world just seemed a little bit more boring. You walk out and you kind of go, yeah, it's a bit greyer, a bit less, bit less colour, a bit less vibrancy in the world. Yeah. Um, see, let's see if I can give it a go. Let's see if I can walk into to a school. I know there's um, rich history of, of good quality wrestling in, in London. Um, walk in and... Fortunately, at that point, I had the uh, the luxury of walking into the Resistance Gallery to the London School of Lucha Libre and uh, realised I was really good at it. No, that's cool. I mean, really I mean, progress shows at Ali Pali. Oh, we are going to talk about like your career and 
how good you are at it, obviously Murdoch Mania, and why you are a headline grabber. But I want to go back to, obviously, you going into the school, because um, I see that you're trained by Greg Burridge and the Black Swan at Cairo Noir. Um, I actually watched your podcast with him. That was good, by the way. But what was your, what were some of the biggest challenges that you found at the school? In terms of your training and sort of, you know, how you carry yourself, that sort of thing. There is, n- there is nothing like professional wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. The, the best way I can describe it for anybody who's not experienced it is, is through um, a story of when, like, a little bit hurt a while back, right? Nothing too bad, just really uncomfortable shoulder. Um, one too many kicks to the back, power bombs or whatever it may have caused it. Went to go and get it looked at by a, by a physio and um, they were like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, professional wrestling. So what's, what's that involved? Well, cool, it's, um, it's loads of cardio, it's, it's powerlifting, it's acrobatics, it's yeah. um, high-impact rugby-style um, stuff and symptoms you'd only ever see on a professional rugby field. Um, all combined into one particular short, sharp window and, um, and high intensity and ultimately doing, you know, being slammed onto a, onto a ring from six feet in the air is, is not going to do your body any good. Um, and the guy was like, mm, see why you're injured. <laughs> um, there, there is that and um, the the thing I credit firstly Greg Burridge for a man who's been kind of integral in my training all the way through is um, I could have trained anywhere and been a perfectly serviceable wrestler Yeah. Greg Burridge made me a star Greg Burridge created the headline Greg Burridge teased the teased the fire out of it and, and, and t- took me from someone who was a perfectly could be a perfectly capable wrestler and and transformed in, um, yeah, the performer, the showman, the the headline grabber. No, wicked man, wicked. I do get pissed off as a fan, even when people are oh, it's fake. I mean, it's not, but that fucks me off. Just knowing what wrestlers have to put their body through, even training, just you know, anything can go wrong. So, for you to sort of stuff that, but you're still doing it now. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Like the um, the I feel like um, I feel like the wrestling's fake argument. Move. Mm. Come watch it. Come feel it. You know, I'd um was lucky enough to have a few people I knew in the crowd at Riot Cabaret and um happened to just wander into their show announced and um make good on some promises. And they they thought afterwards it was like, is everyone okay? I was like, well, half of them are, half of them are still standing. The other ones are kind of scraped off the ring as they Yeah, awesome man. Um I want to actually talk about your official in-ring debut. Uh, the reason being, because I, I get quite a lot of interesting stories from this. I want to hear about your debut. I've got a feeling your debut was perfect. Went well, no mistakes. But I want to hear it from you. Did you have any of your friends or family there, by the way? <laughs> no, actually, um, no. Murdoch's in-ring debut the first time he was released uh, into the wild, shall we say. Yeah. Um, Pretty difficult to fly your friends and family into Spain for a, for the debut show of Lucha Libre Barcelona. Um, which is the first time you know, in this guise you take you take to the stage and you um yeah tagging with my good friend Balthazar out of, out of Portugal um, against um, owner extraordinaire Jeffrey Pack and his um his prize student Cito Sanchez who's doing great things and punching some people I don't really like in the face uh, last weekend over in Spain so I appreciate the uh, appreciate the look in Cito. Um, the first match, first pinfall, my name against it. 
great. It's a bit of time before that where um, you know you spend some time in the gallery, different different personalities overcome you, and you spend your time doing different things. But yeah, Murdoch's Murdoch version in Spain. Um, and since um, since then we've gone on to do do some great, really fun things. Nowhere nowhere quite as um, exotic. Uh, it's quite a, quite a distance from Raynham to Barcelona, but we, we move. Imagine like Spain being like perfect for you as a wrestler for being the headline grabber. You get to work in his hand, you can like chill in the sun, but you can also get in the ring and do what you do best. So I do like though you went instantly the headline grabber. But when is it that you knew in your career, you know, okay, I'm, I'm onto something. Murdoch is, Murdoch mania, as you like to say, but, you know, you knew that there was something, that you were an attraction. Uh, it's very good. I've always known I'm an attraction, GB. Always know. Always know. Um, but as with everything, like, you evolve with every with every fight. You sky, you pick up a bruise, and you learn never to get punched in that place again or get dropped on your head in that way again. And the same thing goes with how you evolve as a performer, right? You pick up different things along the way. You, you try different stuff. You you reach out and then sometimes every now and again, the, the stars align. And look, when I'm not in the ring, I've spent the better part of 10 years behind the microphone, behind pages, interviewing the biggest stars in sport and music for a decade, uh, living in showbiz and living in that world. And, you know, now time to combine those two things. There's no reason why I can be Murdoch on one side and, a man who writes and tells stories for a living in, a, in other ways those two things come together and I look the people don't lie you've seen it on my on my socials you know tempted you in there's nothing but five-star reviews every day something new someone just going this is top tier five stars just for that statement right there alone you get five stars from me you might have to squeeze some room with that poster that artwork's awesome by the way um you know, to promote you, that's that's quality, man. I, I, who did that one? Is it um, what's his name, Elliot? My good friend Elliot. Like very few people I give five star ratings to. In fact, I reckon there's there's four people I give five star ratings to on a level with somewhere near near where I am. Greg Burridge and Car Noir for forming the uh, the man that I'm here. Elliot JJ Boy. Wrestling Creations for the sharpest wrestling gear in the game. Good old Elliot. Best designer in the game. If you're watching this, if you're a wrestling fan watching this, if you're a promoter watching this, I implore you to get into him. Um, the, the people on his roster are big already. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, top here. And we're very lucky as a scene, having gone through everything that we've gone through as an industry yeah. in the last few years, to have people like that who are willing to, to invest their time and effort yeah. uh, ill into, into promoting wrestling. And um, we should just get fully behind those guys. There you go, Elliot. You've got five stars from the man himself, Murdoch. His artwork's brilliant. I've been following him for a while, so I'll happily jump on his bandwagon. Thumbs up for me. Um, I want to hear about some of the moments in your career. I know you talk about Barcelona and your debut, but I want to hear about some of the careers that, uh, sorry, the moments in your career that you would consider headline moments that you basically had that, you know, you, you said that about five stars, but I want to hear the moments that you would consider five stars in your career. I think the um, I think that stands out most, and this plays into your uh, you reference of Murdoch Mania earlier, right? And yeah. you may have noticed I <laughs> quickly slipped past that, knowing I'd get back to it in due course. I um, <laughs> I've got this. This is this is a five star moment, right? This is a this is a headline grabbing moment. 
but it came from, I'm my opinion being wronged. And I'm, you may know where this is going, right? And I still have a bone to pick with those guys at Riot Cabaret. Incredible promotion, incredibly, you know, well-run professional people behind the scenes at Riot Cabaret. Uh, make a big statement with a huge show in Clapham to kick off their new reign as a, a force to be reckoned with in British wrestling. Had the audacity to run a wildcard competition for their eliminator tournament, right? Had booked seven out of eight places, left one open to fans' input. And what did we see? Upswell of support. You couldn't move for Murdoch Mania. We had people tweeting them Simpsons gifts of riots. We had people threatening to burn down the Clapham ground if it wasn't booked. We had people coming, traveling from all over the country wanting to, to see me on that show, yeah. take the place that I deserve. Yeah, call me Wyatt. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, like, can't argue with it, right? It's there. Mm. It's signed in there. You can't, you can't move for it. They put Joe Lando, though, so that's nice. So all it took was a tweet from Mark Andrews, right? Who's, um, you know, one of the guys behind the scenes. I know Mark Andrews from podcasts and yeah, great. We'll put Joe Lando. Cool. Great. Tell you what that headline grabbing moment was. When I popped up on the apron and announced that show and ruined Joe Lando's night. It's great. I loved it. It was a great feeling. Vindication. If I couldn't have that, he wasn't either. And here we go. Made good on that promise. Murdoch Media did, did run riot that night, right? In its own, its own guys. Nor the will of the people. That's what's going to happen. And then how did Joe celebrate? Well, he's running off to the States, isn't he? Uh, wronged on one night and he's running away. Maybe he's listening, Joe. Open offer, mate. See, let's get it. Let's get. It. Let's go again. Let's get it booked. Maybe he's going to come back to you. He's going to come back to bite you in the ass at the moment. You know. I mean, obviously, nothing's happening now, but you know, it might be when you least expect it. All right, I'll keep my eye. I'm waiting for him. Right, Cameron, if you're watching this, listen to this. You know, this stop. First and foremost, it's not going to stop. Murdoch Mania doesn't stop after one show. There's people sending it to, you know, talking to Wrestle Carnival and promotions up and down the country being like, right, where is this guy? Listen to it. Ignore it. I'll tell you another nice little five-star moment. This is this will be a fun one. Having to earn a place on the RCWA roster after two years. Little, little note. A little known fact for you, GB. I um, stepped in super last minute just before the world stopped. And took MOS there, Elite One Champion at the time at RCWA, um, to his limit in a, a scrap in March. Um, to thank me for that performance and making the best out of one of their stars. Maybe work out through the pre show again, work through their academy to get back on the show. That was cool, wasn't it? Again, made good on that promise. Be two people. Here we are, five stars. So I'll see you guys hopefully in October as well. Don't you twice about not bringing me back. You're going to like this next question, by the way, because I know you're not shy. What do you think, what is it about Murdoch, the headline grabber, that separates you from other wrestlers in British wrestling right now? Is this not enough? You're not seeing it enough? Not evident to you. Look, you, you look up and down the country and you see the same people in their black pants and black boots fighting the same people 
same same matches, same moves, no matter where you go. Pay your ticket money, you'll see yeah, you'll be one. Does that make you a star? Does that make you stand out? Does that make you tell kids Santa's maybe not real? Can't bottle this, sell it. Tell you why people gravitate to me, and, I, and it is gravitate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I really want to hate you, but I can't. It's rare, right? It's rare. Even when you go and tell a few home truths, and you may on one or two occasions have bent the rules ever so slightly to better yourself, people still find it impossible to hate you, mate. And that's different. It's new. And it's that combined with the 20 years, 25 years experience that Greg Burrow just put in the back of my mind, the unique cerebral brain and approach to wrestling you get from Noir. And it comes from being kicked in the head by Malik. And it comes from being thrown around a ring by Callum Newman. And it comes from traveling to Spain on a flight to go and wrestle in a dingy venue in Barcelona. It's a unique thing now. I don't, I don't think there's anyone like you, to be fair. And I've, been, I've wanted to have you on for a while, but I was just didn't know what you were supposed to be. But I am glad to have had you on the show. Um, yeah, I've been a fan of yours for a while, so you do get five stars from me. Very too. kind, very kind of you, And I'm not just saying it because you're a friend of me. Very you're kind of you, Lee. You choose your media appearances carefully, my friend. And this is one I'm happy to do. Nice, man, nice. Now, it's been a good chat, it's been a good chat. I think you're going to like this question, but it's not necessarily about you. But I think it might be might get some fun answers. So it's a popular question I ask everyone. Three dream dinner guests. Your party. You're the host. It could be historical, fictional, whatever. Obviously, you, you are the host. You're going to want to pick their brains. You're going to be sitting with them. You've got three people. Who would you pick and why? If you can give reasons, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Hmm, really question. I would, I mean, it's impossible to pick a man that's not real. Living or dead, he needs to exist first. And if you think I'm inviting that sits outside Westfield Shopping Centre in Stratford Christmas every year, you, uh, you're wrong. Although he looks like he needs a good meal, to be fair. Um, I would pick... Uh, one of my favourite musicians first. I would bring in um, Winston McCall, the frontman of Partway Drive, an Australian metal band. Uh, I would like to have dinner with him. He'd be, um, he'd be a great person to have around a table. Um, and yeah, plays into the, uh, if he does something old, not quite a cappella, it's pretty rowdy, but um, any musical time I can possibly get. I would bring in, um, I would like to actually sat around that table. Hey, sorry, who's that? I would like to bring John Moxley around that table. Oh, Moxley, fair enough. I would not have had that as your choice. Fair enough. Yeah, I've no idea what he'd eat or what his approach would be, but I'm here to see it. Talk about an unstable ingredient. That's that's there for me. He'd probably end up blading by the end of it or something. Yeah, I'd have to keep sharp items of cutlery away from him. Plastics only for that man. Uh, And I would round it out with Jurassic Park era Goldblum, please. Good answer. That quality. That Goldblum was so cool back in the day. I mean, he's still cool now, but... Still still, still cool. But I would say 93 peak Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, please. 
Man, that's fucking quality. I like that. I like that. Three different answers. I mean, I've not heard the first band, so that's fair enough. But Moxie, that's a cool answer. But Jeff Goldblum, 93 Jeff Goldblum. That is quality. I'm quite impressed with that, mate. That's, that's fucking awesome. Um, man, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. As we are coming to the end of this interview, uh, one last question. Is there anything you want to promote, share, advertise to the listeners? Um, before I do, I would um, like to use your platform to... Um, Offer a little um, little request out if that's all right, GB. Go for it, my man. It's all yours. Um, look, you'll have seen the, the you've you've seen it. it. Got you into my DMs to get me onto this um this podcast. You, the uh, the buzz is bigger than it's ever been. The debuts up and down the country. Um, we've got more people involved in Murdoch Media than ever before, and I'm on a level with you. I hate the admin, right? Mm-hmm. Headline grabber doesn't sit on his phone responding to second-rate inquiries about stuff and podcasts like yours. So, um, this is an open offer to listeners and people beyond. Uh, there'll soon be an advert for um, for an executive assistant for yours truly. Um, I want someone to um, just do all my crap work I don't want to do, basically pay you literal money, hang out with me at shows. I'll stand next to you in pictures if you want, maybe once or twice a year. Um, or you can manage my bookings, you can manage my social media, you can um, you can take inquiries from promoters, you can um, you know, finally work through the long list of podcast inquiries of people who want on their show and work out what I shouldn't do. And you know, maybe you get some experience along the way. So uh, DMs are open in the short term. I might not get to them, uh, but yeah. Please see a little bit more, and um, yeah, let's hopefully we find get someone in place. Slide into Murdoch's DMs and see if you can get yourself a job. I might have to speak to you after this podcast and see if I can negotiate maybe a job for myself. You know, times are hard, but uh, full job description advertised in the next few days, my friend. I think my current employer would like me jumping at another job on a podcast whilst it's recording, but I'm only joking. Another place, um, but no, Murdoch, thank you for coming on. I feel like we've. Uh, had some five star moments in this conversation. We've had a good laugh. Notts County, <laughs> Jeff Goldwyn. Um, Santa's not real, sadly. Um, if you're over eight and still believe Santa, Murdoch said, you need to seek help. But, you know, whatever makes you happy. But thank you for coming on. Where can the listeners and the fans find you on social media? Find me. Thank you, GB. It's been a, I would say it's been a pleasure. It's been your pleasure to have me on. Um, you can find me across. Across the internet, Murdoch Restaurant, Facebook, Murdoch underscore PW, Twitter and Instagram. Um, next up, next thing confirmed is Ignite Pro Wrestling up in Boreham Wood, Point Break, in September. Um, yeah, looking forward to mixing up with Mark True on that show. Never wrestled him before, but he's good. Looking forward to that. Um, people keep trying, like, just, why do you keep getting away? That's it. Just another flippy kid. Why not? Why? Although, he, to be fair, this fellow, he's legit. He does some um, does some mixed martial arts and all that kind of stuff. So, might be a little, but that's where you see me. Um, likely be around RCWA in October. Um, some other stuff in the pipeline. So, yeah, keep an eye on those channels. And um, yeah, you'll see me around. Awesome, awesome man. I would strongly advise for the listeners to follow Murdoch. Got good content, you know. One of the best in British wrestling at the moment. I actually, I'm not saying it because he's here. I genuinely want them on, and I'm glad that I've had them on. 
for everyone that listened to this episode. Thank you. There will be more episodes coming out probably next month because I'm away next weekend and I do have a busy week. So Murdoch is actually probably the last interview I've done for the month. So there you go. But everyone, have a good weekend. Enjoy your evening, morning, whenever you listen to this. But everyone, take care. Hello there. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. If you listen to the episode, it will make sense while I'm holding the crop. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Jay Bougie, the God figure, the croc God, the king of New York, one and only, one fourth for the takeover, man. I am here. Make I tune in, listen to what you call a podcast, man. Take witness. God bless. Yeah, heard.